What's that? This, my friend, is a pint. It comes in pints. Mmm. I'm getting one. You've got a whole half already. That was this episode's guest and movie quote, where I took on a massive free roles. I'm a very diverse actor, as you can tell. Message in to let me know what you think this quote was taken from. Any extra credit for naming which characters are involved. Welcome to the People's Film Podcast, where we chat all things film. Each episode will feature a review on a single film, talking about performance, sound, cinematography, and the impact it may have on its audience. This is amongst other things, of course. We may talk about other films and other subjects along the way. What's that noise? Is it, is it a spoiler? This is your spoiler warning. If you have not seen The Peanut Butter Falcon before, there will be spoilers ahead. I would definitely recommend seeing it beforehand. The third episode of the People's Film Podcast is here. On today's episode, we have... Reese Harvey Moore. I'm a content editor at Robin Creative Media, and I'm excited to be here. Get on, Reese. Bye. Welcome to the show. How are you feeling? You feeling all right? Yeah, feeling good. Looking forward to it. It gives me something to do on the weekend, since there's not a lot to do right now. So yeah, I can't wait to talk it. about this film. So, Reese, what kind of hobbies do you do at the weekend? Anything fun? Not a lot at the moment. I've uh, just got myself a bike, so try and keep myself a bit more active during the, during the lockdown, as it can become very easy just to sit indoors and play Xbox all day. So I try and keep a bit of a balance. Yeah, of course. You've got to try and stay fit and healthy, keep those muscles moving. Yeah, yeah. Keep your mind active as well, so you can just sit in front of a screen all day. Cause I, my job involves a lot of sitting in front of a screen and editing all day, which I love, but it's nice just to give myself a break and get some fresh air, clear the mind. On today's episode, we'll be reviewing The Peanut Butter Falcon, a comedy drama written and directed by Tyler Nilsson and Michael Schwartz in 2019, starring Zach Gotzigan, Dakota Johnson and Shia Booth, amongst many others. This film has won a few small-time regional awards, many that of audience awards and breakthrough filmmaker awards for the directors so this film is unique in the way that one of the lead actors zach he plays a character of the same name has down syndrome this is the center of the narrative and outlines issues and how people address the condition and one of the great things about this film is not only how they include zach and his condition which you don't see often in the film industry but also how through the narrative the filmmakers attempt to educate the audience on how with the right support these individuals can achieve that of any other person. Rhys, do you agree with that? Couldn't agree more, yeah. I couldn't agree more. The the relationships and the dynamics that Zach have in this film are really eye-opening and really, really lovely. I think overall the film is just lovely. It's a very it's a very heartwarming film, this one. So if you, if you haven't seen this film before, you definitely need to. It's yeah. very heartwarming. And it's the direction in which the film industry, I believe, needs to go, which is to be more diverse, include everybody. Rhys, have you seen this film before this review? No, I've, I've never seen this film before. I did hear a lot about it at the time I remember it was a very big big year for Shia LaBeouf because I think he had Honey Boy coming out at the exact same time and this film came out just before if I remember correctly there was a lot a lot of hype around it and yeah I think from what I remember from the reviews I couldn't I couldn't agree more that it's just a very heartwarming and really lovely story to see someone and to see the subject of disability and how people can be undermined and undervalued and see how everyone is equal and people are just humans and it, everyone should be treated with the same level of respect and the same opportunity to try things I think that's a big thing throughout this film going back to the Shia LaBeouf film Honey Boy that's the film that he wrote about 
his childhood, right? Growing up in the film industry. Yeah, yeah. It's about it's um it's a film he wrote whilst in rehab and it's directed by a documentary filmmaker whose name escapes me briefly, who directed Bombay Beach. But yeah, he wrote it in rehab and it's about his childhood and relationship with his father when he's on the show, Even Stevens, which is probably mainly one for mine and David's childhood. That was a classic. Oh, that was literally my childhood. It's a whole, like, I absolutely love that show. It's yeah, brilliant. I watched it all the time. Do you know, it's just, just the introduction as well. Like, it's the stop motion at the beginning. It's like clay motion type thing. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. I live for that. It was classic comedy. Uh, yeah, and it follows his time um, during the first Transformers film as well. It's a bit oh, of a really? narrative. Have you seen this film? I haven't before? seen it, no, no. See, it's on It's on the list of things. I kind of, kind of want to go on a bit of a binge now after I've watched the Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, so do I, actually. I mean, an interesting watch, which I found, was how Charlotte Boothson... Nymphomaniac um, and that's a very exciting film as you can imagine yeah yeah, yeah. Um, very different but yeah it's a very got a very good range yeah that's directed by Vaslon Troyer mm. which uh, if you know who he is he's a very controversial director yeah very artistic borderline pretentious but in a good way I would say yeah he does that have film some misses for me but yeah he does have some very big hits as well yeah Antichrist that's, mm. uh, I like Antichrist a bit yeah, weird, but really really good. like Antichrist in the lead up to this film you said you've sort of heard about this film before and it's only a list of things to watch what was your first impression like pre-watching it like what sort of tone did you like gather from it I remember watching the trailer and hearing a lot of good things around the reviews I try not to read too many reviews or else I think you can venture into spoiling the plot for yourself but I like to see the initial reaction of films just to give myself a bit of an eye to what to look out for in future that not not everyone's got the money to watch everything so I like to be a bit selective sometimes when I see what's getting the hype and see what I really need to look out for when you used to be able to go to the cinema not that you can too much right now but my first impression was I was really looking forward to it it's a really brave film to take on because I think it can toe the line with showing a comedy that involves somebody with a disability you tell that line all the time of are we laughing with Zach or are we laughing at Zach which is something that a lot of shows and films struggle with you know The Undateables I think is a good show but then it can sometimes tell the line where you think you're laughing at the person's disability not with them and their experiences but I was really really surprised and happy to see that this film just doesn't even need to tell the line it just had so much utmost respect for Zach as a person outside of the film and you can tell in the film and in the script there's so much respect and empathy given to people with Down syndrome and mainly Zach is the is our protagonist yeah I completely agree um, with this film another thing that's special about it and the way that that is made is that I think it's very clear like you said between the line whether you're laughing at Zach or with him I think you're very much laughing with him which I think they do very well in this film his his comedy timing is just brilliant oh it is fantastic I think you can tell a lot of lines I felt at least were partly improvised to get a reaction out of Dakota Johnson and Shia LaBeouf who he spends most of the movie with so that kind of reality and like real moments really added to how connected and how engaged I was especially with the film that's the thing it, it does seem like a type of film that although there is structure to the narrative it's very off the cuff in terms of the dialogue without it 
And then I feel like they do work with dialogue throughout. And I think that's great because obviously it's just, it's just something that you, you, it's natural. That's what it is. It's just natural. And Charlotte Booth and Dakota Johnson are both very strong actors who work very well with all these surprising dialogues and improvising. Mm-hmm. Very good improv actors. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of montage moments throughout the film where you're just following Zach and Shire as they're going on this like buddy, buddy road trip. And you just feel like they're just, you feel like they just find an area and they see what Zach and Shire come up with and see what they do, you know, like when they're down on the beach by the raft and they're putting on the, the costume. Yeah, when they're putting on the costume, it feels like, let's see how far we can push this and let's see how funny it can be or they see how, see where. Shia and Zach go to in terms of what they want to talk about as their characters. It was very like, there's certain story beats we have to hit, so we have to do these scenes, but everything else around it, let's just have some fun and see how, how much chemistry we can draw out of these characters and these actors. That's, I think that's partly why it is so heartwarming, because yeah. it is natural and it's real and it's great. So we're going to move on now to a quick game. This is a game we've played in the first episode. It's called Guess the Gross. So I'm going to give you the budget. Yeah. of what these guys worked with to make the film. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to ask you how much you think that film made. All right, so the budget was $6,200,000. What do you reckon this film grossed worldwide? Ooh, a small budget indie film, probably had a limited release, especially in America. That's where this film probably would have made most of its money. I think you never know. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go safe, but I'll say about $15 million. <laughs> 15 million, yeah. So your final answer. Yeah, 15 to 20, but I'll just go 15 just to, just to be consistent. So this film grossed just over $133 million. <laughs> I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> what a wally. What a wally. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I think most people would have gone with that for such a small indie film. Yeah. Especially the festival run. As you can see, the festivals were all quite small. Like, I, I would have guessed around the same, personally. But yeah, $133 million, And it made this film the highest grossing independent film of 2019, which... I mean, when you see those figures, you're not surprised, really. Yeah, no, it shows um, because I feel like it is a very American film in terms of the setting, at least, not in terms of dramatization, but the backwater swamps, everything feels very like Bayou America. So, redneck, redneck America. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very American in that sense. The story's universal, but the, the, the setting, especially. So, it's really nice to see that it actually did so well in other, in other countries. And because to make that kind of money, it couldn't have all been America. Hopefully, to the profits from that film and make more like it that's what I'd like to see oh yeah personally. I'd love to see more from these guys the actors and the directors and the yeah all of them I'm keeping an eye out now yeah definitely alright let's move on to the narrative shall we mm-hmm. so to start with what did you think of the opening scene at the care home before the title scene with Zach trying to escape yeah so this is when um, Zach makes his first yeah. attempt at escaping it reminded me a lot of like uh, The Great Escape, you know, a very classic Prisoner of War movie. And that's, I think you instantly connect with Zach as you see him. He's funny because he comes up with this plan and he draws himself as like a very muscly man escaping to freedom. And you instantly feel empathy because you're like, he's the only person with a disability in there. He's surrounded by elderly people, not people who could particularly understand him. He's not in the same group, although he's still making an effort to connect, which is always lovely. But yeah, him instantly getting captured and placed back in the room and stuck in a shared room as well you do feel for his isolation and his struggle so you do want him to escape even though you're very aware of the dangers that that entails Uh, see I have to admit right when I watched 
the opening, I had to pause it as soon as the title came up and rewind it and watch it again straight away because I was completely like fooled by him. Like his, he's so polite to the employees that work there and he has such this great connection. And for me, when I first watched it, he offered up the chocolate pudding to his friend, the elderly woman sat across from him. And I didn't really like, when I saw the piece of paper with the image of you know him drawing himself muscular and <laughs> chocolate pudding and the exercise, I didn't, it didn't even click for me. I had no idea that he was going to try and escape. I thought it would just be really nice and just handing out some chocolate pudding because uh-huh. maybe it's a favourite. So I had to pause it, rewind it, and I was like, bloody hell. That was, it was a very well-formed opening yeah. scene. It's a well-done scene. You instantly get that Zach is funny, for one, and he's also very determined and clever. He's cheeky. He's yeah, a cheeky. cheeky. That's a brilliant way to describe him. Very cheeky. Yes, it's a very, it's a very good way to open up his character. And I love it. Yeah, it's a great opening scene. So for, from that, right, it goes on to two moments for me, which sets up our protagonist, um, yeah. which is Tyler, played by Shia LaBeouf, and also Zach, played by Zach. The two moments for me was when Shia LaBeouf's character, Tyler, is introduced as like a crab man, mm. right? He's on a boat, he's, he's picking up uh, crab boxes and whatnot. But it becomes clear that he steals from another fisherman's boat. So he's like, well, it's not his boat, from the boxes. So the boxes that he pulls the crabs from aren't his crabs, right? Yeah. So this then leads him to lose his job, which then starts his journey, right? Mm. With Zach, his friend Carl wants to help him escape because they see each other's family and Carl wants the best for Zach and oh, see that yeah. he's really confined in this space and he needs to get out there and live his life. And mm. the way he actually escapes is so traditionally comedic. Like, the bent bars. Yeah. And they, they get, get him off naked and loop him up and yeah, so loop him up. And he squeezes through some yeah. fitted bars on the windows. That's such a, like, cartoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, great physical comedy. I just wanted to touch on a moment just preceding that when Carl is helping uh, Zach escape. Carl played really, really well by Bruce Dern. Kind of wish mm. he was more in the movie, but he just, oh, he's so lovely in the past that he's in. And when Zach is just saying thank you and saying you can come to my birthday party, oh, so emotional. And then Carl just says that, I think the line that sets up the rest of the themes in the film or the main theme for me is when he says that friends are just family that you choose and it's so Mm. so lovely and it's such a such a nice line and it's not overdone it's not like the music stops and then he says it and then you carry on it's just it makes it feel more real because it's just his opinion but it feeds into how Zach wants to find a new family so yeah it's really really lovely that moment yeah there's lots of moments like that where the lines do seem kind of cheesy but because it's in a very heartwarming film and Mm. the setting it feels very real they can get away with the cheesy lines yeah exactly and it hits the emotional beat that you want it to to hit yeah definitely hit for me yeah definitely so how do you feel about uh, Zach and Tyler and how they first meet I think yeah the film does like I said really really good job because Zach's trying to have a physical escape from their retirement home or community and Tyler you can tell through small mentions of a brother that he's trying to escape physically from the area he needs to leave to start something new but he's trying to escape emotionally with some self-destructive behaviours because how they meet is through Zach who's been running around in his pants all night he uh, hides away on Tyler's boat and Tyler who owes money to the people he stole the crabs from decides in retaliation to not give them the money back and burn the rest of their crab boxes <laughs> yeah see, see that's the thing like with, with Tyler like ultimately throughout the story he's a really nice lovely mm. caring guy he's obviously had some bad history in the past yeah however it's just that small sudden like reaction he retaliates 
so suddenly by burning it. And it's such a shame that, like, at the very beginning of the film, I, I wasn't too sure on him. Like, I didn't like mm-hmm. him because he was, in my eyes, the bad guy of the film. Like, instantly, really. Like, you have an emotional attachment to him, and yet he's done wrong. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, that sets him up as quite complex. I think, yeah, from what, how I was viewing it, it did feel very, yeah, self-destructive. Mm. He did it because he wanted to just ruin something as he felt. You could tell there was something behind his performance for me, at least. He felt destructive in his own way. That leads me into the next question, yeah. right? So, out of the rednecks, which I think one of them is called Ratface. I don't know which one yeah, it was called. Boy, yeah, Ratboy. Yeah, yeah. Ratboy, that's the one. So, out of the rednecks and Tyler... Who is wrong? Who is in the wrong out of both of those two? I thought, yeah, obviously, it's a bit complex. You can tell they're probably not the nicest guys for how they talk about Tyler's brother. You can tell they're probably not nice people, but Tyler is most definitely in the wrong for stealing their crap boxes. burning all their stuff down they probably shouldn't have beaten him up they probably should have used conversation instead of physical threats but burning the crab boxes and then you find out um, briefly later that the fire got a lot worse and probably burnt down that whole dark area mm. so yeah them trying to find him as the film goes on you understand up to a certain point and I think there's a really nice arc with that the more you get to know Tyler and how he, the, the film breaks him down the more you start to feel that their constant pursuing of him is unnecessary yeah so like you, you could tell Tyler is on his last legs like straight away I mean mm-hmm. especially right so he just got fired from his job because he stole but he had to steal because there wasn't enough crabs for him to steal right well not, not to steal to, to catch yeah uh, where he was allowed to do his crab catching so he got fired for struggling and then like you can tell he's struggling because he's smoking like fag ends where there's like mm-hmm. there's nothing left of a cigarette left there and he's just there trying to just, like smoke everything he can yeah and he's, def- he's definitely on his last legs and then he retaliates in a bad way he sets fire to the you know their crab boxes which isn't the best or the clever thing to do let's be honest no not at all but the rednecks start it you know like well no they don't start it they finish it, don't they? Like, they chase him throughout because Zach stole from them, they beat on him, he burnt them, burnt the boxes. It's like a retaliation thing. It's all built up upon retaliation. Yeah, constantly. So they're, they're both the own worst enemies, I think. Mm-hmm. They definitely don't help themselves, any of them. Yeah, and I think there's this whole thing with as, as you see Tyler become more fragile and open up with Zach, you see like how unnecessary their constant aggression and shows of masculinity are. So although you understand what their cause at the beginning, you start to think, or at least I did, you start to feel that they've taken it far too far. Way too far. Yeah, it escalates very, very quickly throughout the narrative. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I just say one thing, right? You know when the um, the rednecks are chasing him when it's like the boat ride. Was yeah. it when Zach and Tyler have just met? Yeah, yeah. And Tyler and Zach are hidden the boat in the long grass. Mm. Somehow the boatman chasing them can't find them. <laughs> which for me right if you, the problem was was that when, for, from the shots that they have they do it from the crabman on the boat's perspective right yeah yeah but you can bloody see their boat like you as the audience can see Tyler and Zach's boat like how could they not see it I did I did think that I did feel like there was um, there was a bit of like well how could they not see them it's not like that grass is too long it could have been like they had to film on that day they were putting it off and they were hoping the grass would grow longer because maybe in other years it had been longer but this year it just grew short see that's the thing like it's it's 
completely plausible in the script, but I think there's somewhere in some department, whether it be location scouting, whether it be production design, whether it be um, the cinematographers, something has gone wrong there for me. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't executed very well, if I'm honest. That's my own opinion. Everyone can disagree. That's fine. I can see what they were going for and I can see, but yeah, like I said, the execution probably should have tried to cut that scene quicker personally instead of trying to draw the tension out of it because the tension was gone when you could see them from the boat yeah well that's the thing that's all they needed to do for me was the shots from their perspective take it out cut completely cut it out and just get new shots of just looking towards grass where the boat's not there even like there are are ways you can go around it Mm -hmm. maybe maybe they just didn't have time to do it i don't know maybe small film small budget they probably had tight turnarounds yes that's the thing it's it's been very picky about a film that you know had a lot to do with a small budget yeah no no definitely not definitely not i just found it's just something to pick at to be honest because everything was up to that point was so perfect in my eyes yeah yeah i had to pick out something <laughs> no no 100 my i had the same feeling for watching that scene so so another thing that i thought was really cool was you know when tyler sinks the boat mm. that is such a cool trick like you could tell there's a strike of genius from tyler he clearly has some great intuition which is a great underlining trait to his character yeah like that's such a clever thing to do like who would think to do that just just take the boat to a really shallow bit of water where the tide's not come in yet shoot holes in it sink it walk away it's in the middle of the ocean then for, for a good few days or something. I don't know how long it would be there for or it would be taken out to sea. Yeah, no footprints in as well leading away. It's absolutely genius. And by the way, the shots of them walking through that water are really nice, I must say. Oh, lovely. The wide shots. Yeah, they really utilise location Well, I felt that throughout the whole film. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's the thing to do, right? I mean, if, if you're on a low budget... Just choose great locations with great views, mm-hmm. great colours, and the film's half made for you. Like you can have a really low budget and the, the locations will completely make it look so much more dramatic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they probably did only have like half an hour to shoot that because the tide does come in so quickly. So they probably yeah, did definitely. not have a lot of time. So they probably did have to do it quite quickly with the boat, getting them off and having yeah. them walk a bit and do the dialogue. It's like a really quick turnaround, but it was well worth it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the best uh, scenes for me. Well, actually, no, it's it's up there. There's a lot of really good scenes, so I can't yeah, say it's the best. Aspects, but it's most definitely. Though. Yeah, 100%. So when, when they actually get split up, right, so when Tyler ditches Zach, this is early on before they've really got to know each other. Yeah. Tyler comes running back. Well, firstly, he, he hitched a ride when he has a shotgun on his back. Who in their right mind would pick up a stranger, a hitchhiker on the side of the road when he has a shotgun strapped to his back? Yeah, most definitely. Perhaps you know what I mean? maybe like a, a UK thing where we have different gun laws over here. But yeah, I think that's, that's zero true. apprehension from the driver is very strange. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, hop in. Don't worry about your gun, just keep it on your back. We'll just uh, ignore that as there. Yeah. Um, but when he does go back, it's one of the funniest moments for me. It's also very heartbreaking because this is when Zach's getting completely bullied and he's been called nasty names, which is really inappropriate, which, you know, is, is the likes of, you know, retard. And they're trying to push him into the water mm-hmm. to try and get him to jump off the diving board. Yeah. And when Tyler punches that kid square in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that—that that is savage. He punched a kid fully in the face, although the kid did deserve it. Yeah. He was a prick. I just put in my notes at that timestamp. I just put like Shia just full on punched a child in the face. <laughs> I found it absolutely hilarious. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, it's just like he literally just punched a kid. What? <laughs> There's a lot of motivation for the characters to do what they do in this film. 
And that is one of the best moments. The motivation to hit that kid in the face, well deserved. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we advocate hitting children, but I could oh, no, come <laughs> Right, for you guys listening, do not hit kids. Yeah, this was a film made for that moment was made for comedy entertainment. I think I fu- I fully love the then the fact that Shia does come back and you can really see just from that moment it's a uh, it's a buddy film and you can see where oh, it's yeah. going in a good way. Like yeah, this yeah, is a that. dynamic I want. Zach being hilarious and Shia being patient and then you know getting annoyed, frustrated with him initially, but also you can tell he wants to help him as well he's just for me at that point I kind of realised he, he's pretending to be hard on the outside but there's really really a, a soft shell inside yeah, yeah definitely he's definitely got a caring nature to him um, what do you think of Tyler and Zach's connection as they begin their journey yeah I think it's it's good you can see that there's a initial apprehension from Tyler where he does want to isolate himself but he sees that someone like Zach is vulnerable not because of his disability but because of his situation he has no money no clothes he's still walking around in just his pants so he sees he's a very vulnerable person so he wants to help him even though he wants to pretend like he doesn't I mean another vulnerability that Zach has right is he's not been in the outside world he's been so sheltered from Mm -hmm. world from the government and from care homes and stuff like that that he has no idea because of that Mm. so just because he has down syndrome does not mean he can't achieve normal things right yeah that that is probably one of the biggest messages of this film i think is that just because zach as an individual has down syndrome doesn't mean that he can't live his life yeah, definitely. I think even at the beginning, the film highlights, even with Dakota Johnson's character, how she does treat Zach very much, I felt, a second-class citizen. And I didn't think mm. he was asking for anything too ridiculous, but she was treating him like, oh, yeah, you no, you can't go outside, you can't do this. It was constant no's. So even though you do feel that she cares for him, you don't feel like she treats him with anything like the utmost respect she probably still gives the elderly people, even though Zach's said to be in the film just 22 so he is an adult yeah that's one thing about her character she starts off very much as an antagonist because she she is representing one of the elements that's wrong with treating people in that way is mm. that you got to treat them as though they are individuals which she doesn't do you know like she cares for him but she's not doing it in the appropriate way yeah. to suit his actual needs in a sense she does transform from an antagonist to a protagonist because she sort of transforms like she sees through Tyler the way that she should be communicating with Zach Mm-hmm. The, the pair for me are perfect traveling companions because they're both running from something and yet looking for something at the same time so they're both looking for family in a way yeah yeah you can tell they're both very lonely mm. in a very emotional moment um zach does say that his family left him and tyler from what it seems which is another thing that you don't really see much of there's this instance where you see flashbacks Right, of his brother. And you can one can only assume that... What do you think happened in those flashbacks? What do you think happened to his brother? Because they don't actually show what happens. Yeah, I, I think they are a bit light on those details, but I think it's done intentionally. Mm. I believe, yeah, it was that he constantly tells you flashbacks constantly looked up to his brother played by John Berenthal he's like Mm -hmm. what a great what a great bit part for him even though he doesn't have any lines you can tell by his facial expressions he's so nice and warm Uh, I think yeah yeah, they they get drunk he crashes the car 
guy's drunk driving accident and then everyone abandons him. Tyler after that. Yeah. Do you think his brother died in the car crash? I think, yeah, passed away during that or of complications afterwards. I think, yeah. I think he, yeah, I think so, definitely, because you definitely feel some, he definitely feels responsibility. Yeah. No, you could definitely tell that, to be fair. So, yeah, they're both looking for family and... Mm. They're finally eating each other, which is quite nice. I don't know if we've mentioned it, but the whole point of Zach escaping the retirement home is that he's going to going to a wrestling school uh, somewhere deep in the bayou to learn from Saltwater Redneck, which is his favourite wrestler. So Tyler yeah. makes a Tyler makes a promise to him that he will take him down to the wrestling school, leave him there, and then he'll head on off to Florida. But it's a small part of the film; it's a motivation, but it's more we're talking about the characters. So it's it's the protagonist and journey point isn't it it's where it's the point they're trying to get to which is um saltwater rednecks wrestling camp but on the way there um in the lead up to the final act right eleanor finds zach drunk on the beach this is this is past the moment where the, the title which is the peanut butter falcon has been you know coined through the through zach and Tyler trying to figure out what zach's alter ego is for the wrestling match which is the peanut butter falcon yeah but when tyler and eleanor are having a moment where they're talking about what's going on and what you know what's happening in the situation. Zach does one of the funniest things in the entire film. He picks up the keys mm-hmm. and throws them in the sea, which not only is hilarious but also sets out the rest of the story because Eleanor has no choice but to join them on their journey. Like she, yeah. she can't get home really because her car is absolutely bollocks because there's no keys. Yeah, <laughs> but she's got to stay looking after. Or you're not looking after, but keeping an eye on Zach. Yeah, making sure he gets back because she will lose her job. Yeah. Oh yeah, because she's been she's been threatened by her boss to to take you know to find him because it's well in their eyes it's her fault that he escaped. But I think that's it sets up the rest of the story perfectly. So it gets Eleanor and Tyler to have this sort of connection throughout the rest of the, the, the third act, which is brilliant. I think as well in terms of the script and the story structure, there's a really strong point just before that scene that she turns up. Not when they're around the fire, but when they've been helped by the blind kind of swamp pastor, pastor, where they finally go on the raft and then Zach and Tyler sat on the boat and Zach tells him that he can have all of his birthday wishes. And then you see Tyler Tyler starts to break down and I think that's the moment where he feels like, he kind of starts to forgive himself and he completely is like, right, Zach's my, my best friend. He's the only person in a long time who's seen me for more than just the mistakes I've made so, and that, that's why when Eleanor turns up the next day I completely bought into the fact that Tyler was like no you're not taking him there's zero zero way you're splitting me and Zach up now see that's that's the thing isn't it because they had that such emotional moment which by the way incredible acting from mm. both parts is an incredibly emotional moment in the film because Tyler acts all hard and like the big man right so he puts on this front that he's not emotional and he's brave yeah and then he breaks down and starts crying and like you said you can see that there's an emotional connection between them two and from then they both latch onto each other and it's sort of solid that's it yeah like Tyler like you said Tyler's not going to separate from Zach mainly because Zach has told Tyler that the way he's been treated he doesn't like Mm. but even by people who care for him like Eleanor cares for Zach but he hates the way that she speaks down to him and also the coach when he was at school 
calling him nasty names and saying he's yeah, not good so for anything, he, can he can't be a, be a hero. And exactly. Even he's shown to be incredibly strong, which is a defining trait of all physical sports, is strength, and he's shown to be incredibly strong throughout the film, like physically. So it's not just physically either, it's, it's determination and, and mentally yeah. to be able to, to, to get where you want to go is another strength to have, and he's so determined to get where he wants to go. Yeah. And he gets where he wants to go, which because he gets gets to go to the wrestling school in the end, which yeah. you know is his is his main goal. Yeah. And then as Eleanor goes with them, they get on the raft. And then Tyler AS teaches Zach the breathing technique so he can talk to Eleanor and say, like, you might never call him um call him any mean names to do with his disability. You constantly treat him like he is disabled and like he's incapable of doing anything. You know, like putting his t shirt on for him, yeah. saying he can't hold his breath, like or that he needs to eat something because his blood sugar, even though he doesn't want to. Because yeah, like I said, he's not a child, he's 22 years old he's an adult yeah that's completely true yeah so it's lots of moments like that mm. throughout throughout the film so when they eventually get to the wrestling school mm. it's clear that it's shut down it's run down it's a bit of a shithole yeah. so, however the saltwater redneck still lives there right so this that moment there right where the saltwater redneck drives to them walking away and says I'm going to give you wrestling lessons like, by the looks of it they don't pay for it either it's out, all out of goodwill from mm. saltwater redneck which this is one of the main themes in this yep. film for me as well is for and the aspect of the kindness of strangers so like I said with the blind swamp guy yeah. earlier and also the shopkeeper as well yeah yeah that's like, that something as well and and even when maybe that's why he picked um, Tyler up in the car when he was hitchhiking despite the fact he has a gun mm. so it's, the, it's the kindness of strangers like just because you don't know them does not mean that they're not gonna help you in one way or another I mean the swamp guy gives them the materials to build their raft yeah the shopkeeper gives them alcohol which may not be the best thing but I mean it's something right you know it's helped them get on their way yeah it's a gift to help him through it yeah it might not be the best gift but it's the the meaning behind it more than the more than the item itself I think exactly and you can tell that the rest of the um, saltwater redneck can see that this is Zach's lifelong dream right but mm. it's, he doesn't see it through Zach he sees it through Tyler because Tyler is he's not being rude yeah no not at all he's not He's not being too forward. Like when he realizes the school shut down, Tyler automatically is like, oh, "Thank you for your time. Uh, we'll go now." Like he's completely respectful, which I absolutely love. By the way, like you can see, that's a great turning point in his character. Great conversation as well. Yeah, he's not trying to force anything like he was before, and he wasn't trying to be self-destructive. I think about Tyler at the beginning of the film. He would have cursed and sworn and told um, the redneck to, you know fuck off and all this kind of stuff but instead he just he says like you know this isn't your problem you know it's not your mm. fault the school's closed down 10 years ago and it's I shouldn't be bringing this to your door like, that's an incredibly mature moment and I think mm. that's what then leads into the him opening up the wrestling school for the day because he, he's been shown a kindness of respect and he can see how much it means to these people and he can see how much his wrestling from you know I'm guessing it was like yeah 20 years ago because they've still got a videotape so yeah. 20 you know in the 1990s or even the 80s how much his wrestling meant to people even even still today so yeah it gives him a new motivation and yeah that, that ability of the kindness of strangers is a theme all the way throughout mm. and you can tell those little moments of, ki of the kindness from the strangers you can tell influences Tyler like you said to be kind to the saltwater redneck which therefore you know if you're kind to your neighbours they'll be kind to you that sort of aspect, right? Yeah. Which completely lovely. Love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not it's not always and I think the film shows that as well. It's not always the case. I think there's a matter of times where 
Rat Boy and the other redneck catch up to him, played by yeah Duncan, Rat Boy and Duncan. The amount of times they catch up, and then it's like, right, let's just leave it there. It's done, you know. I'll get you your money, and I do believe Tyler when he says that. See, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say I believe Tyler when he says he's going to give the money. Where's he going to get the money from? He's struggling as it is. That's twelve yeah. grand. He's got to try and pay them back. And also, he mentions about fleeing to Florida, right? Yeah, no, true, true. So I don't think he had any intention of paying the back. And to be fair, they seemed like complete. And that's uh, assholes. Yeah, I don't think they would have given up even if he did pay them back. I think you get that yeah. feeling that they're more just about the act of not being disrespected than they are of being even. About bullying, really, and oppressing other, other individuals. But anyway, Saltwater Redneck manages to get a gig for Zach to actually fight in the ring. Yeah, which, which is great. It's a great moment. And to see... Zach vulnerable and scared to go in the ring and Tyler pick him up to encourage him to follow his dreams. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, such a, it's such a beautiful moment. There's so many moments of unity throughout mm. the film where you can tell Eleanor, Zach, Tyler that and even Saltwater, Redneck, they're all kind of lost people and they're all kind of very lonely in their own individual ways, but they share that theme of loneliness and isolation, how some of them have definitely isolated themselves. And it's when they start to open each other, open themselves up to each other, they then push each other to go further in their relationships in some cases or their own getting themselves back on track in their lives and not not just shutting themselves away from the world and thinking that the world is terrible. You might have lost people in your life through different things. You know, Tyler loses his brother and Zach loses his family through abandonment. But it's when they start to connect with each other and trust again, that then their lives are infinitely more rewarding and they want to do more things. I think Tyler's heading down to Florida to escape, but then it kind of ends up becoming Tyler heads down to Florida to start a new life and actually have a new beginning and not be on the same path. And that's all mm. because of his relationships with Zach. Yeah, the relationship to drives the story as well yeah which is always great it's always a sign of a good script for me so what are your thoughts on the wrestling matches let's hear it I thought well it's a great cameo by Mick Foley you know, any, any oh, WWE yeah. fans out there they'll uh, they'll instantly recognise him like I did I think you know they dyed his beard a bit because it's a bit greater but he is um, I'm right in saying he was the referee right yeah yeah, he's a yeah. Referee. yeah he's a he's a staple of like back backyard wrestling and hardcore matches like you see them having in the in the in the bayou there so yeah he, he it was a great inclusion really really kind of good fan service to anyone who is a bit of an indie fan of wrestling and I've, I've kept up with wrestling my entire life but I still recognise too well. so that, that was that was really funny to see gave it a real sense of authenticity for me as well that they weren't just having wrestling or professional fake entertainment wrestling as like or just it could be anything it could be substituted out it made it feel like you know this is a really important and knowledgeable thing that they know about and it made the script feel more real to me yeah the wrestling match was great so many little moments like Tyler and Eleanor kissing and oh, that was that was classic genius by Tyler by the way yeah. it's such a t- traditional move right I think it's the fact it's their first kiss as well and you could tell that they both wanted it and then yeah. he, he locks her up to the car that's such a classic move I feel like that's kind of a moment where you see Zach's cheekiness kind of like rubbing off on Tyler oh yeah definitely which is a really nice moment and I think shows their connection just like again like we've mentioned it quite a few times but it's the main the best part about the film by by a mile and yeah it shows that his cheekiness and his kind of like ingenuity like Zach in the beginning getting the elderly woman to pretend to choke on the pudding to escape that ingenuity and that cheekiness have now rubbed off and they're like two peas in a pod they'd be soft to become one don't they yeah yeah like you can see they're they're 
the best parts about each other are rubbing off on each other. And Zach, yeah, Zach's confidence coming from Tyler's motivation when he's in the when he's in the match, and then you see the the other wrestler sees this as a bit of a joke and sees Zach as a bit of a joke because of his own prejudices and his own insecurities. Obviously, he starts to really hurt Zach. Do you think that's why he does it? It's because he has his own insecurities. I think he just, yeah, he sees, I think he probably would have gone along with it up until the crowd actually was cheering for Zach. Yeah, maybe it started to make him feel like he was worth nothing and that he was a failure in his own way. Yeah, he's probably been doing it for a while, Mm. not taking it too seriously, but when someone comes in and actually wants to take it seriously and tries really hard, he was just trying to bring Zach down to his level. It's quite sad, really, isn't it? Very sad. When that started to happen, you could see it in his face. Like you could still see him like start to turn. Like you know what, I'm just gonna absolutely destroy this guy. And he's really hurting him. But I just love that Zach keeps getting up. And Tyler isn't initially like immediately jumping in to help him, which I think a lesser script might have. You know, he's asking him, "Do you want to carry on? Do you want to carry on?" And then Zach's like, "Yeah," and he just, he just lets him because again, he's a grown up. He can decide if he wants to get hurt. It's mm. his life. Mm. I, I didn't actually think about that. Uh, with Tyler like when he's on the side what, mm. what I thought was going to happen is he was going to jump in and start fighting the wrestler himself but like yeah. you said a lesser script might have done that because this is a good script he doesn't do that and he does ask some of the questions because Tyler shows that throughout the entire film this whole you know he is an individual he could do what he wants he can you know make his own decisions in life Mm-hmm. I never really like by, by the end it became so normal that that is definitely the what you know the way that you should be treating somebody who does have certain Down syndrome yeah that I completely slipped, slipped my mind that he was just he wasn't jumping in because he is his own person he can make his own decisions yeah if he wants to get thrown around in the ring and hurt himself and stuff all power you know all power to me obviously if he's not okay and he's asking for help Tyler would have I felt you know Tyler would have jumped in but that's only out of a sense of protection for a friend not out of mm-hmm. because he felt he was vulnerable but he says I'll keep going I'll keep going and and it's like, right, yeah, go for it as long as you're okay, you know. Mm, you can see in Tyler's eyes as well that he kind of wanted to jump in, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he d- you know he didn't want to. Yeah, too impose. much respect. Exactly. I love the bit, you know, that it leads on from a moment earlier when he's at the wrestling school where Saltwater Redneck tells him that the atomic throw, which is a oh. move where you pick someone up above your head and you hold them up as high as you can and then you throw them out of the ring. Saltwater Redneck said that that was impossible. It wasn't a move that could be done. Everyone's eyes, when he starts to lift him, you're just like, oh my God, is this actually real? Is this actually happening? Like, this is a realistic film. And then... Yeah, I was, I was literally... Oh. I was probably saying every swear word under the sun. I was like, go on, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you were encouraging me a lot, weren't you? Yeah, I was like, come on, come on, you come see on, how far he actually froze him. Like, he froze him yeah. far, and he's a big guy. Like, when he goes to hospital, I was kind of thinking maybe it's the wrestler that's in the hospital because that yeah. would have bloody hurt. He's a big guy, he's thrown far so and high. That's Lee yeeted him out of the scrap. <laughs> yeah. See you, pal, you're gone. Out of the ring. Oh, I can't believe it. It was a brilliant moment. I do think that's probably a, maybe has like an element of fancy, but I think the film had done a such a good job of building up the relationship and you're so into it by that point. I think they, they can get away with one moment where you go, I probably wouldn't really happen, but I don't care. Because I think when, for me at least, when you're watching a film, I do allow certain like suspension of disbelief because it is a film, no matter how real a film <laughs> it is. Certain things have to happen in a film that probably wouldn't happen in real life for a three-act structure. So I was completely on board with it and it was done in a way that felt like really fun and a little bit 
little bit self-aware, you know, it wasn't completely like serious dark music as he did it to lifting music. It was like, this is just a fun moment of him overcoming pretty much everyone, everyone else in the, in the film bar, a few exceptions, like the general community treating him like he is lesser. This is him lifting up and showing that he is equal. See, see that's the thing with, with, with cinema, like, although you do go to see, you know, a film that's supposed to be realistic, people go to watch films either in the cinema or at mm. home to escape reality. So if there's moments which aren't real, you know, that aren't realistic, like like this moment, it's because people want to see that. People yeah. want to escape and believe that sort of thing can be done. And I'm sure it can be done in a sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course it can. And it was earned. You know, it's, it's yeah. when it's earned that you, you just, you, there's no point in getting too picky about it, I think. Yeah, it's when it's earned. Like when we're talking about this point earlier in the film where you didn't believe that, that where we didn't believe that the boat wouldn't have been seen, because the film hadn't built up that kind of, that bit in you where you're like, oh, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because the rest of the film is great. But in this moment, it's like it's building and building to this moment. So I'm absolutely happy. And I was loving it. I was so into the moment. Why would I criticise it afterwards if at the time I was absolutely into it? You know, that would just yeah. be false of me to say because I was into it at the time. So I can't complain about it afterwards. I absolutely loved it. One of yeah. the best moments. If anything, probably the best moment because you're so like, <laughs> like, like the audience in the film, you're so at awe of what's happening. You are mm-hmm. in encouraging it and you want it to happen so the payoff is definitely worth it yeah definitely and then uh, yeah along with that moment comes quite like a, a sad moment where you see that the rednecks rat boy and duncan have turned up again and this time yeah they're they're not holding back and he hits tyler over the head with a with a tire iron i think it is yeah it is but can i just say right when mm. filmmaking wise and editing wise the moment of impact from when Tyler gets hit by the tire mm. thing and from when Zach throws, uh, the, the intercut in between the two, absolutely brilliant. And the fact the fact that it cuts to black at uh, the moment of impact from when yeah. Tyler gets hit <clears throat> and from when the wrestler is about to hit the ground, I absolutely loved. I loved it. You thought you, you constantly, it's really good duality. And I think the film has a good kind of theme of duality all the way throughout. But yeah, it's that duality of elation to fear, to elation, to fear, to elation. To, you know, you could, it's literally that whole end sequence at, at the rest, backyard wrestling. Although not a big spectacle in terms of the amount of extras, crowd, but the, the emotional build-up, the emotional weight of it is so great. Yeah, that whole final sequence really, really paid off for me. And, and it also shows that Tyler, in a way, is sacrificing to support Zach and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's sacrificing his own well-being because people are chasing him. Instead of hitting the road and ditching Zach, he wants to help him achieve his goals. Yeah. And so you, you see that literally in that moment where you see Zach's given up his his way of running away from, from the rednecks. Because yeah. he gets hit in the face. But at the same time, he's watching Zach, who's now become his dear friend, have his moment in the spotlight. Yeah, he can't take his eyes away from him. Yeah, that whole sequence, you, you know, he's completely, in that whole final sequence, he's completely in awe of Zach and his achievement. And that shows for me how much he, he cares for him and how happy he is in that moment, even though it's cut very short. Uh, how much he cares for Zach. Right, so at the hospital scene, mm. you fear the worst. Mm. Yeah. And, and then it cuts to Zach. And Eleanor in the car. And straight away, when you don't see um, Tyler in the backseat and you see Zach and Eleanor in the car and then you see the sign to Florida, you're like, oh, good. That means Eleanor has decided to take Zach somewhere else and not back to the care home. Mm. 
And that moment where you see Tyler reach his hand over, ah, oh, you realise he's alive. <laughs> and and that he's joined them. And they, they've become their own family, which yeah. is really touching. I mean, he looked like shit. Like, he looked dreadful. His face was swollen, blue. Yeah, you can tell they probably hit him a bit more than just on that head. Oh, yeah, he's just got an absolute beat down rolling and just one little tap yeah. on the head. Although they have their own handshake throughout. And you mm. see them do the handshake, that is lovely. But another moment which for me was even more lovely is when Tyler puts his hand on Eleanor's shoulder and they have that sort of touching moment of, yes, they kiss, but now they're actually sort of forming their own relationship in their yeah. own right. And they form their whole kind of makeshift family. I think you know, that's the whole point of the film is that all these characters were lonely, all these characters were looking for escape in some way, mm. and now they've found it and they've actually made like, it's kind of that ideal of like, oh, I've, if you have a character or a person who wants to escape, it's always kind of half thought out. And it's presented that way in the film when it's just Tyler or just Zach. Zach escapes not really knowing what he's doing and Tyler runs away from the burns the crab boxes without knowing what he's doing. But it's only when their relationship comes together and they work together and and with the inclusion of Eleanor later in the film, they actually become like a family and the plans become solid and realistic, something you can actually buy into. So would you say you liked that ending then? Did you think that was a good way to end the film? Yeah, I liked it. Any complaints? Not particularly, no, no, not particularly. I think, think like I said, at that point of the film, I was so into it and I, I was so happy that that was kind of the, the payoff, this makeshift family. They're going down and they're actually escaping from the things that are holding them back. You know, the Zach escaping from the thought of being, from you know, constantly being told that he is lesser and he can't do this and he can't do that. Eleanor escaping from her past and being a widow and her being in a job that she doesn't really care for and and she finds out the way that she was told to treat Zach is actually not the right way to do it. Mm. Well, it's not the most respectful way because, like I said, I, you do believe that she cares, but you believe that she's been told something and that she's just going along with it. And it's only when she starts doing things for herself and having fun and being, yeah, joining their little like wild boys group, I guess. Yeah, feral, feral lads. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. guess you could call them. Lord of the Flies, they refer to, aren't yes. they? Yes, yeah, Lord yeah. of the Flies, that's the one. And yeah, and Tyler escaping from a place where he, he feels a lot of guilt for, but he's now taken on that role of an older brother. Yeah. And you can that's see, I think you, I think the film does a really good job of like, he feels so much guilt for his older brother, but he can see as as he takes on that role with Zach of being an older brother, he can see that even if I Zach did what I did to my brother to me, I wouldn't hate him or I wouldn't wish any harm on him because he does get hurt in for Zach because he wouldn't have been at that wrestling show unless he and if he'd never met Zach mm. so if he gets hurt in kind of a it's not the same way because it's not Zach's fault and, and it's not Tyler's fault as such because they were both drinking so they both decided to drive but it's it's different but he still gets hurt and he just feels no blame towards Zach like oh I shouldn't have been there this wouldn't have happened if I didn't know you you know he just mm. has like yeah well, I did it because I care about you and I don't I'd never hate you so yeah he kind of forgives himself I feel when he's in the back car has has a lot of nice nice little tie-ups for me mm. the character arcs do become full circle in yeah. my opinion yeah. although I do have to say with Eleanor I don't understand well I, I understand because she's running away from her, herself you know mm. into her past and being a widow but for me there's a little bit of a lack in motivation as to why she's going to Florida because the whole widow thing is the only part of it right but like other than that what? why else is she like she's not necessarily running away from something like 
who's to say that her and her husband at the time lived where the care home is you know like I, 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 for me it's lacking a bit of motivation I mean yeah. it has a little bit but not necessarily enough for me yeah there's a, cu- a couple more conversations potentially could have tied up a bit nicer is how you're trying to say yeah, yeah. So maybe when there's mo- moments between Tyler and Eleanor, maybe they should have had more conversation. Like, yes, they touch on the widow thing, but they touch on it and just leave it. Mm. Like, they don't really, like, they need to. I feel like for me, if you want to pay off for all three characters, you need to dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Because like I said there's, there's lots and lots of time given to Tyler and Zach, and it's great. Yeah, just a little bit more time with Eleanor. Because I think you do get that she's not going back to the care home when the care home say they're sending Zach to a place where they have recovering drug addicts and prostitutes. See, see, I disagree though because she goes like at first she's a bit taken back she tries to convince him otherwise mm. at the end of the phone call she's like okay fine we'll see you tomorrow afternoon I like, think for me I, yeah I, d- I don't know about you personally I just believe that she said that to make sure yeah, that the out came yeah see I'm, I'm not sure if I was too convinced by it maybe it's just because I didn't see it maybe other people might have seen it yeah I'd, have to, I'd have to have a second view to be confirmed on that I think so I do, mm. I do completely see it from your perspective as well and yeah, yeah I think a second view and I'd definitely be probably a bit more concrete on that moment but I do get your trepidation with that yeah so what is your favourite line from the film there's many good good lines mainly from Zach I think yeah like uh, what's rule number one party uh, that's, <laughs> that's like, no yeah. it's not party <laughs> <laughs> that is just, that's one of the moments where I was like oh yeah what a response man and you tell it's just like such such good comedy timing like oh, yeah. it's, it's such it's like perfect beat hitting on like on choosing your lines yeah it's, that's a really really funny line and do you know what what I love as well is that that becomes rule number one yeah, yeah. <laughs> it becomes yeah. like Tyler's like actually that's a good Good number one rule. I'm going to keep that. <laughs> um, another line that I really liked was, you know, when um, Zach almost gets run over by a shrimp boat. <laughs> and before they have a conversation, right, where Tyler says to Zach, right, there's no, you, you're going to die eventually. Yeah. You're always going to die. There's always, you, you know, you're not going to live forever. Yeah. It's all about the stories that you leave behind for people to tell about you. So it's about the good stories people can tell about you, right? Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> Yeah, and then when Zach survives the shrimp boat and thing, and then picks up Tyler, and he just taps him on the back whilst Tyler is just soaking wet in the ground, just lying there. That's a pretty good story to tell. <laughs> That's oh. a really, really great. Yeah, that was so funny. I think as well when they're on the raft and they've just picked up Eleanor, they're recounting what they've done in the film. Like almost got run over by a shrimp boat. Yeah, yeah. shot shotgun. Yeah, yeah, we did a buckshot. Yeah, we like we did this, we did that. You know, they're going through all this like incredibly dangerous stuff that they did you know like we drank whiskey and they're just talking about it like it's normal and you've been watching the film like it's normal because obviously you're just you're, you're just seeing it from their perspective and then it cuts to Eleanor's face and she's a picture like she's talking to two of the craziest people she's ever met in her life because if I guess in, in the timeline of the film, it's only been like a couple of days. <laughs> like yeah. All that mad stuff in a couple of days. Her face, oh, I just was in tears of laughter. Her face was like, what the fuck have you two been up to? Like, oh, we've gone for five minutes. You just fuck everything up. Because Zach's like, yeah, we got shot at too. And Tyler's like, yeah, we did. Yeah, like, just like it's normal. Some of the yeah. lines are there. It's brilliant. What about funniest moments? <laughs> I think he touched on it earlier when he checks the keys and then there's just like a moment of like, and he's got hands on her head. Tyler's just looking, clearly smiling. And then Zach just, you know, like just does a little dance and then Tyler just starts dancing with him. Just like, it's just so funny. Like the, the humour in terms of like, yeah, we got away with it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, too- 
It's like they're two like naughty kids now, yeah. you know, just winding each other up, seeing who can make each other laugh the most. Do you know what? That is one of the funniest moments. However, when Zach first fires the shotgun, mm-hmm. he shoots it and he goes absolutely flying. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely flies backwards. He floors it. It's absolutely hilarious. And also, the other moment for me is when, you know, we touched on it earlier, when they're trying to teach Zach to hold his breath underwater or train him even. And then on the third time that he's holding his breath, he comes out and he's got, he's got a fish in his... I can't remember. <laughs> I, um, I want to say the fish was caught in his mouth, but it wasn't, was it? It was just in his hands, right? He just grabbed it with his hand, yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> and he just comes out with a fish and they're just like, what on earth has just happened? How did you get a fish? fish that was honestly so so funny <laughs> what did you just catch that yeah I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then tyler doesn't even like uh, react in a way he just he just cheers him on he's yeah. proud he grabs the fish and, and then he you know he clubs it so they could eat it yeah. later yeah they're uh, just like yeah i think they're just so used to crazy stuff happening with right film fact you know we were talking about the ending earlier about the car and how um, Tyler's in their backseat mm-hmm. so it was suggested by some executives that Tyler was not in the backseat of the car so this is to indicate that he did not survive All the right. beating from other people this suggestion was uh, disregarded by the directors and rightly so I would say because yeah. I think that would be a horrible ending why would you want to like, it's a heartwarming film you take all the heartwarming story and connection between the two and then you just mm. throw it away by killing off the second best thing about this film yeah I don't think the film would have made had such a resonance with me if Tyler didn't didn't survive because you can tell like the film happy endings are sometimes seen as overrated I think but I think it's a happy ending is better than a sad ending as long as it's earned definitely you have to really earn a happy ending completely happy ending as well without it coming across as schmaltzy or cheesy or you know not satisfying any other ending I think would have left you with a bitter taste in your mouth in the wrong way not in the sense of like oh that's a gut punch but I see why they did that it would have just been like oh that was shock value yeah it was. It would have been a pointless ploy to get emotion from the audience and I think people I think people would have got more emotion from the fact you see Tyler in the backseat there than if he's not do you know what I mean yeah no no I completely completely agree with that point yeah I think when you see him and you see you know he's beating up but he's still smiling because they're actually there and they're, they're going off you know not into the sunset but you can see that they're, they've all grown so much and to have all that growth for Tyler as well just to then kill him I know what they could have maybe gone for like the sins of the past don't excuse what you end up becoming on to be you know, mm. you end up becoming to be you know if you've done bad things but for him to die I don't think he did anything that you know if he if he killed someone killed a couple of people accidentally in that fight he'd be like well you know like it's just a vicious circle then but you know he'd set fire it was really stupid and like I said we spoke about it you don't like him to begin with but then you see that it's it's less about what he did for those rednecks and more that they just don't want to be disrespected and they want to hurt him regardless of what he did yeah because I mean think about it if you kill somebody you're not going to get your money back are you so it's quite clear they're not in it for the money no by that point they're just in it to hurt him and be like look this is what happened to the last person who disrespected us I don't know if it was the main intention of the script but you know like yeah, a bit of, bit of toxic masculinity in there and Swiss Shire's vulnerability but then although much more emotional strength yeah definitely the final review of mm-hmm. this film so if you'd like to give a rating out of 10 and your reasons why oh um 
have thought I've been kind of going back and forth. I think I'm in. Be- I'm in between an eight or a nine. Oh, that's very high. That's that's a very strong number. Yeah, because I just I just there wasn't anything. You know, it was definitely an above average film in terms of the subject matter and the dynamic with the relationship. I just completely believed all the way throughout. And like a point really kind of knocked off mainly for. Eleanor's development because I liked her character and I wanted to just really, really fill in that plot point and I maybe wanted to see something better happen with Saltwater Redneck. I know he's only a side character, but maybe him starting to build a ring in his back garden literally would have been like a perfect point for me because maybe he's starting up again. That you know Zach's involvement in these people's lives getting them back on track, so that shows how lovely a person he is. So maybe yeah, a couple. I think I'm going to go with an eight. You know, it might seem high, but I really, really loved the film. There was nothing about it that I think. Is incredibly negative by the you know potentially Eleanor and the boat boat scene yeah nothing technically that I found wrong with the film the writing of the characters was really spot on for me had some really nice motifs of like Zach with the water I can't swim and then he learns to swim because someone gives him the opportunity I, I don't you know it's treated like he can't swim because he has Down syndrome but then it's just shown he can't swim because nobody bothered to teach him because no one believed he could there's mm. so many nice moments in the script and so many nice tie ups and it, it's not too over overstated a script you know it's not too many big moments of like oh this is the moment I overcome my trauma because that's that's not really how life works Mm. and I think the film shows that it's through this journey that piece by piece Tyler gets broken down and builds himself back up Zach challenges himself and pushes himself to build himself into this person who can get in the wrestling ring and actually perform Eleanor um, you know to a lesser extent but she's a person who sees a system that she's in where she thinks she's being helpful then eventually she breaks that down through seeing how happy Zach is actually in the real world where he she was constantly told he would practically die if he went outside you know like he's so fragile so it's her challenging the system and choosing an own way for her life and yeah all the all these things you know that all those moments really tied together and they, yeah just the more I think about the film the more I like it yeah it's one of those films isn't it that's why I've given it such a high score maybe you know like you know perfect I don't think there's many perfect 10 out of 10 films but a solid eight. It's a film I'd recommend to anyone. It's a very good way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, Not one person I wouldn't think wouldn't like it. There's always yeah. a nice person, of course. There's nobody I wouldn't recommend this film to. It's just yeah. nice. It's just nice. Yeah. It made me feel nice. Made me feel happy. When you talked about Eleanor and how you know this, she she realizes that the system has let her down because now she doesn't care for the people she cares for in the right way. Yeah, it's kind of right. You know how I said about her motivation and the ending and leaving with them to Florida. Mm-hmm. You sort of kind of convinced me in a way that that she does have motivation to go, but maybe they need to talk more about it. I think like, I know we said this kind of earlier, but I, I think I just need to get out like that. I do think she has motivation to go. They just didn't explore that enough for me. I think as well when you have a relationship that is as strong as Tyler and Zach's in the film yeah anything else that isn't that in its own way because you know that's obviously when you're the main dynamic in the film you're going to get the most time so it's, it's not exactly that we're talking about that, uh, that she needed more time on screen a couple more scenes I wouldn't have complained about because it's a tight film it's an hour and a half so yeah, you know if there's a couple more scenes I wouldn't have cared because I was so that's, into the story yeah see, that's the thing like it was an hour and a half um, and or just over I think it's uh, an hour and 45 minutes but it's like yeah. the perfect amount of time in a film and considering how much content they get in there as well I think it's brilliant like, they managed to achieve quite a lot oh but, yeah it's a tight think, script mm, like they, could, they could have had 10 more minutes though I wouldn't have minded 10 more minutes just to go into some other things you know like you said like salt water redneck the rest of the and what he does afterwards 
Mm. And and the motivation for Eleanor. I mean, it, maybe it could have used ten more minutes. It didn't yeah. necessarily need to. Like overall, it's a well-rounded yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. In fact, maybe they did have more moments where they explore that. Maybe they just cut it out of the film before release. Yeah, exactly. You know, like when you are you know, smaller film and stuff, you're the editing. You get told how long a film is more than you get to choose. I think you know. Yeah, but by its ex. Yes, you want the film to. They probably want the film to go out as much as possible. You know, but I think yeah, there's no complaints about the length of the film. I think we're just being greedy. Saying we would, we wouldn't have complained if there was more. Yeah, which I think says a lot about a film. You know, mm-hmm. it it shows that the film was that good that you want to see more of it. Hundred percent, completely agree. So I have my um, own sort of review or my own opinion, which I've written down. This is uh, this is very scripted. This film has a very heartwarming premise with a raw sense of emotion. The performances were great from all cast members, especially the way Zach and Shia bounce off one another. The sound design was average, right? But the cinematography, with the exception of the boat hiding in the grass scene, was brilliant. Like, everything was beautifully shot, I thought. Like you said, location had a lot to do with that. In terms of the narrative, although I believe that Eleanor has a lack of motivation for her leaving with Zach and Tyler to Florida, the rest of the story is simple to follow and yet very strong, with great Mm -hmm. character development as well along the way. And on top of that, the message this film aims to explore is reflected in the making of the film itself, right? So the message is saying, with the right support, people with Down syndrome can achieve their lifelong dreams and goals. So Tyler and Michael met Zach at a camp and they talked of Zach's dream to become a movie star. So Zach, as in his person, not a character, yeah. always wanted to be in movies. He wanted to be a movie star. And so Michael and Tyler, they wrote the script and made the film so Zach could have his shot of being in a film. Oh, which, which is like Tyler the director and Tyler character all one as well you know like they're, they're all trying to in real life they are trying to make Zach's real dreams of becoming a movie star real and they're giving him the support to do so I think that's great yeah I think that's a really really nice story and you can tell that the both directors and writers yeah have a lot of empathy a lot of understanding I never felt that they were writing that script as outsiders in terms of maybe they don't they don't get it they're writing what they think someone like that would act like it feels like they know and they've taken from reality and that's always the best kind of scripts for me where it feels like it's coming from somewhere real and you get some real moments out of it because that's you know that's one of the aims of filmmaking I think and writing a good script is like connecting and putting something real on screen that people and go oh I might not know someone with Down syndrome or a disability but I can really empathise with their struggle and I can see it from their perspective no it smashed it with that yeah I completely agree I think it's brilliant so that brings us to the end of the episode Reese. Oh. so quick couple of more things though firstly would you watch it again oh 100% yeah yeah definitely watch it again and you've already said you'd recommend it to other people yeah yeah, yeah I'd recommend it to anyone that I know all I'm going to say now is that you have now an opportunity to shout out any film that you like so any film that you think you want to get people to watch oh goodness that's a big one I think yeah. I know a lot of people getting into their horror films during lockdowns there's a really good one called uh, The Evil Dead not the original the remake I think that's a really strong strong horror film uh, Promising Young Woman I watched recently starring Carrie Mulligan oh yeah yeah she's got I think she might be Began was rumored that she might be getting an Oscar nomination for that. Well, she should because she's absolutely brilliant. The film's brilliant. The film, yeah, the film talks about it a lot. And those are, those are kind of the films that stick out for me. That I think, yeah, some people might not have seen or overlooked. Because I think, yeah, during lockdown, a lot of people are watching a lot of films. So yeah, those those are my recommendations. Yeah. I'm sure I can come up with some more because I'd uh, love to come on again. So so the Evil Dead and the Promising Woman, did you say? Promising Young Woman, yeah. Promising Young Woman, sorry, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go, people. Watch those films. 
Reese says to you've got to do it <laughs> the evil dead no promising young wood well thank you Reese, for coming on to the episode I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on yeah I love it it's been a breeze man. I can't believe we've been talking for over an hour thank you Reese, for giving your expert opinion on the peanut butter falcon let me know what you guys thought of the peanut butter falcon and hopefully you found it as fulfilling as we both did comment like share and subscribe this has been the people's film podcast and thank you for listening